Hello, everyone. Happy Monday. Welcome back. I've been taking more weeks off lately. So if you're if you've been missing an episode or feel like you have, you have not. I I took last week off. So I'm back. Um, it was a crazy time in the household. We had uh, the flu hit me uh, and my daughter. Pneumonia hit my wife. So it was just like no one could do anything in the household. So it was like just like barely functioning. So if the, you didn't see the podcast last week, that's why um, it was it was a mess here. So I spared everyone that that chaos that was this household during that trying time. But we're back. Um, and as you can see, I have a new guest with me. Monica is taking some time out of her busy schedule to discuss uh, her recent job search, the successes. And, and we're very excited to talk to you about that. So thank you so much for jumping on here with me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me, Matt. Of course. So if you've watched the show, you know, we typically start off just breaking down what goals, motivators we have for the week ahead. So for me, um, as we get into November, a lot of planning on our end for family gatherings, holidays are upcoming. We host Thanksgiving at our house. So it's always um, I start early and like stockpile everything I will need for the feast so I don't have to scramble out last minute and do things. I've learned my lesson after the first time I hosted where I was running out Thanksgiving morning to get a new pumpkin pie because I ruined the last one. So this year I'm fully stocked. I'm ready. I have everything in the freezer. I have spares just in case. So um, planning is a big thing in my household. So that's I'm looking forward to the holidays. I know sometimes people can get crazy, but the, the plus of hosting is we don't have to travel anywhere. So like Thanksgiving morning, I can just get up, get my coffee. You have the parade on. I don't have to worry about hurrying around, getting the little one ready, getting myself ready. It's it's chaotic, but it's in my house. So I feel safe. Um, so that's the main thing that's motivating me this week. Also coming up this, this following weekend, um, it will be my daughter's first attendance to a 76 years game. So she's already endured the heartbreak of being a Phillies fan. And I thought, why stop there? Let's introduce her to 76ers basketball. So she's going to be going to her first game. Uh, we'll see how long she makes it. She did pretty well with the Phillies over the summer in the heat. Um, so I think in an air-conditioned arena will be just fine. So those are the main things I'm looking forward to this week is just kind of getting um, you know her involved in that. I'm sure my wife is very thankful for a Sunday to herself as well, since she and I will be gone and the house is all hers and the dogs. So um, in terms of goals, what we have going on recently, we started trying to utilize some different job boards a little bit more. So um, one of the main goals for me as we go through that is just kind of learning the, the nuances of posting on a different job board, getting familiar with the types of applicants that we're going to see because each job board is same, but a little different in terms of who utilizes it the most. So doing that research, getting familiar with that is, is going to be the key goal for me. Uh, and then just getting some jobs posted up there as well. So we can start to see you know, the the applicants that come through and, and what I need to do on my end to, to tailor searches and job descriptions, things like that. So all good things. Uh, and then a win from the week before, we've actually had two positions that were filled last week, both with internal candidates. So it's always cool to, to see that someone take the next step in their career with the company. So um, it's a win for everyone involved. The company gets to continue that growth pattern A position is closed and someone gets to take that next step in their career. So I'm very excited for those candidates to step through. So that's my week. Uh, Monica, what's going on in your world this week? Oh man, so much. Thanks for asking. Um, I This week is going to be my last week of um, my unemployment time. So I'm very excited that on the 13th, I'm going to be starting my new job and new career transition. And so this week is going to be full of 
excited jitters, um, best way to put that, just getting everything wrapped up um, as far as my onboarding and um, just going to try to, you know, um, get myself ready for this as much as I can. I'm planning on going through the Aspireship program this week to start onboarding myself to my new role, um, just completely on my own, uh, out of excitement to start and to just hit the ground running as fast as I can when I get there. Um, so that's going to be my big goal. And then aside from that, I've also, you know, built in some personal time to just kind of relax. The kids are at school and at daycare. And so uh, we live in South Florida. I cannot, um, I cannot relate to the whole excited for Thanksgiving thing because Thanksgiving here is usually 80 degrees and it's really, really hard to like get into uh, cooking turkey and heating up the house like that. So, um, but no, I'll probably, you know, try and hit the beach or something um, on my own with a book and, you know, just enjoy the last of it before I start my new role. Um, as far as a, let's see, a goal for this week. Oh man, so many. I think it's going to just be staying present. Um mm -hmm trying not to get too overly excited, too overly nervous, staying present, um, being there for my kids, talking through my kids through what, what it means to start a new job and try to explain that to them. Um, and just rally around the family as we all make this transition together. Yeah. And win from the week before, um, I have a couple wins. Obviously the job is super exciting, but, Equally as exciting to that, um, we live about three hours from Orlando, and I got to take our two-year-old daughter to Magic Kingdom, and we had a girls' day at Magic Kingdom. She had on her big, fluffy Cinderella dress. She got to meet Cinderella, um, waved to everybody on the carousel like she owned the whole place, um, but just to see her face, you know, light up at the parades and the characters and the rides. It was amazing. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's one of those things you can't really describe just like seeing it through their eyes that first time. And you and I have spoken about this because we took our daughter to California last summer for her first trip and we're doing Florida in the future, but you're right. I mean, just to be able to see her in her element meeting the characters that's all she wanted to do as a, a two-year-old at the time was like rides short but oh let's meet all these these people that i see on tv so it's totally yeah. awesome to, yeah it was fun and she she loves popcorn right now so she was just this tiny little cinderella trotting around and she had her popcorn bucket and she was just shoving mouthfuls of popcorn in and she just had the best day and she woke up this morning and said mom i go Disney world <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, that was yesterday, honey. You're going to daycare today. Yeah, maybe in a few weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for Christmas. Yeah, definitely. definitely. So you and I have been connected for some time now. Um, you reached out to me initially because of the Disney thing, A, but also because you were in your search at the time. And I try to post about things that I can do to assist, especially people transitioning from education to something new, since that's, uh, you know, where I came from. And, and I know kind of the challenges there. So um, just wanted to talk about that because you you have more of a strategic approach in terms of your networking and how you utilize LinkedIn. It's not just kind of posting and, and hoping for interactions. You're kind of taking that next step and making the introduction and, and kind of 
getting information as opposed to, hey, here's my resume. Can you help me? Which I think is very beneficial that, you know, a lot of people are trying to start doing now. So just wanted to start with that. You know, what was how did that approach come to be in terms of being as strategic as you are with who you're connecting with, who you're reaching out to? Yeah, you know, I want to preface that whole conversation with the fact that that was not my first strategy. My first strategy, I mean, it was it was a mess until it wasn't. I think I wrote that in a post today on LinkedIn. It was really messy until it wasn't. It it felt like at one point everything just clicked and when it all kind of came together and it all kind of clicked, it was just night and day difference in what my output was, but what my input was was as well. Um, And so prior, I was not really super honed in on on the direction that I wanted to go. So I think as teachers, uh, the the first thing that teachers like to do when they're they're leaving the classroom is say, oh, I'm going to go to instructional design. And it's like the cycle of of things that teachers go through. They're going to go, oh, I'm going to go instructional design. And then they get to learning about instructional design. And then you realize you have to build a portfolio. You have to do, learn all of these programs. And you're like, oh, wait, maybe I don't, maybe instructional design in elementary school is not the same as instructional design in adult world. And so then you kind of go to, well, I'll do learning and development. And so that's what I did is I went, oh, okay, I'm going to do learning and development. Well, you still have to have the same background and tools to do learning and development because it's so closely, closely related to instructional design. So I kind of went away from that and I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do customer success. And that's when I really got very serious about my job search and what I was doing. Um, The other two roles just always, I was putting out resumes and, and networking, but they just never felt attainable. And I went to customer success and I was like, Hey, this is actually something that I can do and it's attainable. And so what I started doing, um, First of all, I uh, I grabbed Erin Luber's free resume template, and that woman is incredible. She's become a friend of mine. We, you know, we'll talk on LinkedIn, we'll text each other. Um, but she, but she is just an incredible resource for learning how to write a resume, how mm-hmm. to transfer your skills from education into you know, into your next role, how to research your, your next role. Um, and so I went with Aaron's free resume template and sat down and got to work. And probably 24 hours later, I had this product that I was actually proud of. And that was my very first motivator was having something that I was actually proud to put out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I, when, when that happened then I said, okay, well, I'm really proud of this. I want people to see. So then I would go and I would find these jobs and find these companies. And I was really picky about the jobs and the companies that I would apply for. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go and you can look up customer success manager on LinkedIn and you will have thousands of hits. Right. Um, but, you know, going through each of them, I would open one up and I would, I would look at, you know, obviously the requirements, but even before I would go too deep into the requirements, I would jump out to the company's website first and see, hey, is this even something that I could see myself doing? Because if it wasn't, I would move right along. Um, And so I got really picky about what I would apply to. And when I found something that I wanted to apply to, wanted to apply to, I had a great resume. Um, I had an actual genuine interest in the company. 
And so then at that point, I knew that if I had teacher and if somebody saw teacher or educator or education or school district of at the top of my resume, then it was probably going to get thrown out. So I knew that I had to get in front of it and I had to be the first person. I was like a, a person first approach, right? I had to be the first person and then my resume could follow behind me after I had already, um, after I'd already made the contact and made the conversation. So I started doing that. I would apply to the job and then I would go to the company's website and I was very strategic about the people that I would reach out to and would just send them a very nice message. I never, and I still to this day, I would never ask for a referral into a company. No. Um, but I was already invested in the company that I had researched so much that I just wanted to know more about him. Mm -hmm. I wanted to know more about the company. I wanted to know more about the function that I was applying to within the company, whether it ended up being customer success or sales, um, which is actually what I ended up in. I ended up in sales. Um, but it was just this genuine like open door. Hey, I'm trying to get into this. I want to know if my skills are a match. I'm interested in your company. Can we chat? And I ended up having, um, I, I ended up having close to an 80% response rate by just opening up that conversation. I want to learn about you and I want to see what I can do that would potentially add value here. Yeah. Um, and it, and it worked and it was wonderful. And I made incredible people or incredible friends. Um, people are, you know, still asking if they can refer me into this role or this role or this role. And so, um, so that was kind of my strategy overall. Mm -hmm. Um, this particular role though, um, I was introduced by Erin Luber to, um, one of her dear friends, Jen Roberts and Jen and I connected, um, I didn't even know it, but she lives in Bradenton, which is about an hour, hour, hour or so north of me. Um, so we're going to grab dinner and drink sometime <laughs> um, as coworkers now. But anyway, Jen and I connected and talked and she sold me on exploring sales. I spent a weekend exploring sales and I was like, I can absolutely do this. I've done so many of these things before. Mm -hmm. So it was just a matter of articulating that on a resume uh, sending in my application. And then it was six days from first application to hire. Wow. So it wow. was pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. It was a long story, but, no, but that's hopefully something in there that would resonate with someone. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So I wanted to touch on that because sales is one of those positions that teachers can find great success in. And it's not one that they necessarily go to right away. Like you had mentioned, the instructional design, customer success, learning development are, are the key ones. Even recruitment uh, for a while was, was one of the popular ones until they saw that there were a lot more cuts than additions of recruiting positions. So sales is kind of one of those positions that most people don't think of right away because they think it it's, you have to have a certain personality or a certain skill set to have. And, and to an extent you do, but at the same time, you know, in, in education, there's a lot of those skills that you develop that are going to make you successful. So for you, what were some of those skills that you really honed in on when looking at your resume, looking at the different sales positions that, that you were going to be applying to and, and matching what you felt you needed to be uh, able to stand out to the hiring manager? Yeah, you know, I think the biggest one that I focused on the most was relationship building. 
Um, you know, as a teacher, that that is your number one job. We all know as teachers that if you don't have a relationship with the students that you are teaching or the adults that are on your team or, you know, the people who are in the front office at the school, then you are going to struggle. And so building that village is something that as teachers, we just naturally do. Um, and, and because that is such a major part of our job, we also have this burning curiosity. You know, you have a student who comes, you know, comes to you and you want to know everything about that kid or as much as the, about that kid as you, as you can, because you know how these different factors that's going on in their lives will play into their, their life at school. And so for me, when I was looking at sales, sales is not something that, you know, people necessarily like want to just jump right on into, but in education, like it's, we have a term called low floor, high ceiling, right? Mm -hmm. Which is essentially you want a, a low entry point, like an accessible entry point, but you want a very high ceiling for students who are going to go above and beyond. And sales is one of those roles that it is low floor, high ceiling. Mm -hmm. Um, for me, when I was looking at it and, and trying to figure out if this was going to be something I could be successful at, I knew that if I was going to go into sales, I was going to have a company who was going to onboard me, who is going to train me. They are going to viciously train me because they want me to sell their product. And mm -hmm. there's not, there's really not much of a learning curve as far as technology or anything else would go that would hold you back from being successful in that position. They are going to bring you on. They're going to teach you everything you, that you need to know. And then it's a matter of your output, mm -hmm. right? You, it's going to be something that you can be wildly successful at as a teacher. You know how to build relationships. You know how to have, have conversations. You know how to have difficult conversations, right? Um, and you know how to track your data. You know how to stay organized with your time all of those different things, it is a one-to-one -one correspondence with the role of a sales development rep. Mm -hmm. And so when I started really looking at that and honing in on it, I realized that I could be so successful so fast with those skills and not only so successful so fast, but sales is one of those things. And if you have it on your resume for any amount of time, that is attractive. <laughs> You know, it is a very attractive thing to have on your resume um, because it does take hard work. It takes grit. It takes you being able to, you know, very quickly make an impact um, to open up conversations. You should be able to talk to a wall by the time you're done in a sales role, you know, and sell paint to a wall, right. <laughs> you know, uh, but all of those different things, it was just, it is a great great place for teachers to start. Um, and I couldn't be happier with a company that I'm going to be joining. Yeah, absolutely. So something you said earlier, which I, I really loved and because a lot of people don't do this as much when they're, they're looking for their next step, you know, you come out and you make a list of the positions that you want to pursue, um, you know, top five, maybe look at the transferable skills, things like that. But what you had alluded to, and what I encourage a lot of people to do is the the research into the company too, because it's, it's, it's equally as important as the role that you're going to be in. You want to make sure that the company you're, you're joining has longevity, stability, um, and things like that. So when you're doing your research, what were some of the key things that you were looking for? Because 
you know, whether you want to stay in or you're ready to leave, education is a very stable career path for a lot of people. So to leave that and pursue something new is, is a, a leap of faith. So, you know, what were some of the things that you were like, this needs, this company needs to have this if I'm going to feel comfortable pursuing it? Yeah, I think it, it kind of ended up being a little different per company. Mm-hmm. For me, first of all, first and foremost, I would go research the product because whether I was in customer success or going into sales, it had to be a product that I would enjoy, um, that, that I would enjoy working with. Um, and so that was the biggest thing right off the bat is do I have a relationship with this product. I interviewed with one company where I had an incredible relationship with that product because it was part, it was part of my own personal story and my, my personal life. Um, and with this company that I've joined, the product that I'm going to be selling was, uh, a piece of the puzzle in my job search. And so I had a connection to that. Um, so it was a product really kind of made the, the, the biggest decision. After that, I would go on to Glassdoor and I would look at just overall reviews of the company. Um, I think you have to be very careful on Glassdoor because Glassdoor can sometimes be some salty crabs um, out there. You know, a lot of people, if they're very happy, they won't take the time to write those things. But if they're unhappy, they will. It's just it's with any review situation ever that that happens. But I would look for themes of things that people were saying about the company. Um, and then I would talk to the people. I would reach out. I had I had no issue reaching out and saying, hey, this is me, this is who I am, would love to talk about the company. Um, and so those were my big things. I, I, I wanted the product. I wanted to know that the people who were in that company, they had some longevity, they had a commitment to the company, they had great things to say, but they also had constructive feedback and opportunities for growth within the company. Um, And so those were the big things that I was looking for. Um, I think that, you know, as a teacher, you see a lot out there that says, oh, you have to, you know, go pick 10 companies and network with 10 companies. And as a teacher, you don't know 10 companies off the top of your head that you'd want to go work for. Like, that's crazy, you know? And so what I ended up doing is that I would, in order to find companies that I wanted to work with, I would go look and see who's hiring for the, for the role that I wanted. Mm -hmm. If you were hiring for a customer success manager, that's when I would start researching your company. Um, But beyond that, you could give me a list of 20 different companies and I have no idea what these people do, or if there's any pipeline for the role that I would want. And so, you know, you just have to I went to the job boards. That's how I found the companies that I wanted to apply for and started there. That's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So we talked about the, the resume tweaking that you did. And and those are kind of the, the two biggest questions that I get from anyone, not just transitioning from education, but in the job search themselves right now, because I'm, I'm sure, you know, chaotic um, and it's overwhelming and, and there's a lot of different places that you can look and a lot of different paths you can take. There's career coaches, resume writers, all these moving parts to it. So the other question I get is about the interview prep because that's probably the most overwhelming portion of this. You know, a lot of people apply to so many positions, they get that interview and then 
the nerves kick in, you psych yourself out and preparing for an interview in corporate versus preparing for an interview in the teaching profession is a vastly different thing to prepare for. So how did that process look like for you? You know, what were some of the things that going into your interviews that you tried to prepare yourself for some of the questions that you knew you wanted to ask to any hiring manager recruiter that you were speaking to? Yeah, I think the biggest thing in my in my job search um, was utilizing uh, ChatGPT. It, I actually, uh, I'm going to be writing a post. I have a notebook of posts that I want to make about my job search. Um, but the things that I would prompt ChatGPT for as far as my interview prep, um, one of them was, I have notes right here, excuse me. Um, I would just tell them, generate a list of interview questions for a blank role at blank company. And it would spit out, you know, 15 to 18 different interview questions. Um, There were times that I fed it the job description to go with it, but I never found that there was too much of a difference in the cadence of the questions. Mm -hmm. So I just stopped doing that. And I was like, okay, this role at this company. Um, And that was so helpful because I had, I never had those exact questions asked to me, but I was able to go through, I pulled those down. I bulleted out my stories that I would tell in this situation. If you're looking for a question about data, okay, I've already thought through how I'm going to use data. What about a difficult customer? Okay. I've already thought through that. Those are kind of going to be those key themes. Mm -hmm. And so I went through and I did all that, um, for some things that I didn't have, any background knowledge on, I would tell chat GPT to generate a a sample answer for that question. And it would, and then I would take that sample answer and say, okay, if this is what this means and what, what, what you would be looking for with this, what part of my story and my experience could I possibly draw from that would parallel that sort of response? So I did that. Um, and as I was with, like in the process, um, I was still chatting Aaron on the side and we set up a one hour interview prep session. Um, it was at like eight o'clock on a Saturday morning, God bless her. And we just sat and she ran me through a sample interview, um, recorded the whole thing so I could watch it back. And then at the end, she and I, we kind of graded it. How, how did you do on presentation? How did you do on content? And we kind of broke down where I could improve. Um, and she pointed out things that I would have never caught on to. And it was, it was so incredible, gave me the confidence to go into the interview and actually feel like I had, like I belonged there. Like I had, I had worked hard. I had put it, put in the work. Um, I had researched, I had done all the things and I deserve to be there. And I have a story to tell and I have skills to share yeah. and meeting with her really helped me to internalize that. Okay. All right. I love that. Yeah. So before I pivot to my last question, I did preface you this, but still going to put you on the spot here because we are going to have a Disney question since that's how we first kind of started chatting in, in terms of our, our mutual passion for it. So yes. you, you and I already discussed, you know, top ride, favorite ride, favorite attraction at the parks, things like that. So one of the yes. questions I like to ask anyone, especially someone who goes 
consistently is, you know, what is that, that typical, this is like, these are my three, I have to do this when I'm in the park checklist type of things, you know, is there a specific food item you have to grab? Is there a specific, you know, spot that you have to get your picture at? You know, what are the, these are the things I have to do, or it was not a successful day at, at Magic Kingdom or, or any park. Oh man, gosh, there's so many. We are, we are Disney fanatics. Um, okay. Top, top suggestions. This would come from my kids. Um, get the refillable popcorn bucket. It is the easiest. It is the easiest snack. You buy the popcorn bucket. It's a souvenir. And then refills are like $2. And after you've been waiting in line, and you just need like a tiny snack, but you don't want to stop and wait in another line. You have your popcorn bucket. It is, it is fantastic. And you can reuse them. Like, I think we've had, we've had ours for like four years. Oh, nice. Um, So regardless of who you are, where you're going, just get the refillable popcorn bucket. And that's, that's our biggest hack for that. Um, Other thing that I would recommend is that like we did magic kingdom yesterday. Um, It was really busy yesterday. We do the Genie Plus. Okay. And if you are willing to hoof it from like one side of the park to the other side of the park and just kind of ping pong around the different lands, you can do almost the whole park in the entire day or in one day. Um, if you are trying to stay only in fantasy land and then only in Frontierland and then only in Tomorrowland you're going to get less than half of it done. So I think just a willingness, like going into it, knowing that you'd like to ping pong around the park and kind of follow the lead of what Genie Plus is offering to you. I think that you're pretty good. And then gosh, last but not least is do not skip Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind at Epcot. Just don't. It is the, oh, I've got chills even thinking about it. It is the best ride you will ever ride in your whole entire life you will never have more fun on a roller coaster um you're gonna like come off of it dancing and just like it's amazing you're not the first person to to tell me that i spoke to my manager and he was at the parks not long ago he said that a return trip is planned just specifically to get back on the guardians ride and you know everything else was secondary to making sure we get that in again on our next trip it is truly like nothing that you have ever experienced. And even for people who don't enjoy roller coasters, I would still say you just have to push through and ride it. It's not scary. There's not huge, crazy drops. Mm-hmm. It is just an experience that you cannot pass up. And yeah, I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. I haven't heard bad things about it. And it it sounds like it's one of those things that lives up to the hype too. It's similar to like the Revenge of the Resistance ride. It was just kind of like a okay, is it gonna be that great? And and then it was. So very much can't wait to do that. You cannot go wrong. Yes, it's awesome. Ride it twice if you can. Use use your individual lightning lane and get the virtual queue if you can. All right, definitely. Will. So then before I let you go here for the day, the, the cliche interview question I ask everyone that, that joins me on the show and specifically, you know, asking you as someone who's now transitioned from education into something new, um, you know, we, we like to give that that glimmer of hope to people because there's a lot that are still in their frustrating job search process right now and, and they like to hear the success stories. So 
as you went through your job search and, and you connected with so many people, you know, what's that key piece of advice that you received along the way that you feel is very beneficial or just the advice that you feel you would pass on to anyone that came to you and said, Monica, you know, what, what should I be doing? This is what you would tell them. I received so much advice during my job search, but the only way and the only reason that I received that advice is because I worked for it. You, you cannot expect, like you can, you can write the most perfect resume in the whole wide world and you can click submit. And if you do nothing whatsoever after that, then your resume has gotten you nowhere. Um, this is a job market right now where you have one of the positions I applied for opened and closed the position within two days because they had like 700 applicants for this one role and yeah, which is wild. And and it's so easy for people to apply for jobs and just spray and pray and hope. And Mm -hmm. I did that. And I can attest to the fact that it doesn't work. You have to, you have to have a strategy for outreach you have to have something that is going to put you out front, show your interest, show you've done a tiny, just a tiny bit of research, five minutes on the company site, I promise you will pique someone's interest so much faster than just a, hey, I applied for this role. Can we chat? Like that's not going to get you anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to, you have to, if you're especially if you're a transitioning teacher and you have educator at the top of your resume, you have to put yourself out in front of educator before educator can get out in front of you. Um, and it's not something I love teachers and I have a I have a heart for education. I always will. I have no shame in my background as an educator. Those are some of the proudest times in my life. But going into corporate world, you have to find a way to prove that you are you are more than just that. Um, so do the outreach. It is, it was essential. None of my, none of my three, um, three companies I was interviewing with came from just a a resume in the door. It all came from outreach. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Monica, thank you again so much for taking some time to to jump on here with me. I was very excited to see you get the, the role that you've been pursuing and talk to you about your journey overall here. If you're not connected with Monica, make sure you're sending that request, send all your Disney questions her way as well. Um, and looking forward to seeing you succeed in your new career, seeing more posts, uh, you know, about how you're enjoying your your new position and, and everything that comes with it. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much, Matt. And like Matt said, I'm open for any questions, Disney related or job search related. Um, we love to share Disney with everybody. And so yeah, if you have a trip planned, send me questions. I'm happy to happy to answer them. Awesome. Well, I hope everyone listening and watching has a great week. Um, I will be back next week, promise, unless pneumonia hits us again. So we'll talk then. Have a good week. Bye, everyone.